sorry. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Ranking Thrones. I am James Kelly. And I'm Evan Camacho. Every week, Evan and I meet to talk about the kings and queen who sat on the Iron Throne. This week, we are talking about Aegon IV, and uh, he's going to be a real fun character to talk about. He's a very well-known king for the fans of the book series, because he left a huge impact on the history of Westeros. And uh, we'll get into that, but first, um, as the show goes, um, for the podcast goes, um, I come in as more of a book fan. Mm-hmm. Evan comes in, comes in a little bit fresh-faced as a as someone who's only aware of uh, what the shows tell him about the deeper history of Westeros. Mm-hmm. So, to prove that, uh, to I'm going to ask Evan. Evan, what can you tell me about Aegon the Fourth? Honestly, I, I know he's mentioned in the show, but I can't exactly remember when. And I know that he's famous for it, but I can't really remember exactly what he's famous for. Okay. Well, so... I don't think he is ever mentioned in the show. Mm. Like, he isn't, even though, like, it seems odd that he wouldn't when we go through the history. Yeah. But that's also the show making its own choices. Right. Um, so, does he have a nickname? Oh, yes, he does. What? He was known universally as Aegon the Unworthy. Yes. I would also personally dub him King Horny. Oh, no. So, about the sources, he is greatly discussed in the Tales of the Duncan Egg, the spin-off series and slash prequel series to the main series, The Song of, of Ice and Fire. Cool. And he, he gets uh, quite a few mentions in A Song of Ice and Fire mm-hmm. as well. <clears throat> but we will mostly rely on the world of Ice and Fire as our source for mm. this history. So, with that in mind, the life of Aegon IV. Mm-hmm. Aegon IV was born the son of Prince Viserys, who was hand of the king to Aegon's uncle, Aegon III, Aegon the Dragonbane. There are quite a few Aegons in the Targaryen family. Yes. Because the broken king had two sons, no one would have expected that Prince Aegon would be one day sit on the Iron Throne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His father, Viserys, was not very attentive to Aegon. Aww. He mostly was, as we talked about in the previous episode, on King Viserys II, Hand of the King, mm-hmm. aiding his brother and dealing with that kind of stuff. Mm. Aegon was, a, in his youth, was very handsome and a good, was credited as a good fighter. Okay. He, he had a bit of a good wit to him. But he also was er- was described even then as arrogant and uh, proud. Uh-oh. Aegon's younger brother was Aemon. Mm-hmm. Aemon would become the only member of the royal family to become a member of the Kingsguard. Ooh. Aemon would come to be known as the Dragon Knight and was celebrated as, a hero- as one of the most heroic knights, if not the most heroic knight in the realm. Cool. Aegon and Aemon would accompany his young cousin Daron the First yep. in the war with Dorne. Okay. There are no major reports that Aegon distinguished himself as a warrior, but there is no accusation made that Aegon was incompetent or cowardly. He okay. simply was an adequate warrior by our accounts for the war with Dorne. Just like Alexander's generals. Yes. After Dorne was conquered, and a start to a running gag with Aegon, he took a Dornish lady as his mistress, who Aegon protested to King Daron should be taken as one of Daron's hostages. <sighs> However, he later gladly turned her over to his father after Daron I was assassinated <clears throat> for his father to presumably execute. Yes. So, give you a little hint about Aegon's idea of loyalty. <laughs> During the reign of Baelor the Blessed, his cousin Dana the Defiant would seek out and sleep with Prince Aegon. Okay. She eventually was great with child and gave birth to a boy that she named Daemon Waters. Dana refused to inform the realm who the father was during Baelor's reign. Wise. 
Dana's actions would lead Baylor to fast and absolution for his sister's sins. Later, there were rumors that Prince Aegon slept with his other cousin, Elena Targaryen, and was the true father of her, fir- of her son, Viserys Plum. Elena Targaryen had been married to Lord Ossifer Plum, an old man who supposedly, well, who died while supposedly consummating the marriage. Yeah. That Elena became pregnant with Ossifer's baby led many to joke that Ossifer must have had a six-foot-long cock. <laughs> Meaning, he was dead. Yeah. It wasn't his, probably. After Baylor died and Dana's right to succeed was ignored, Viserys was declared king. Viserys II only ruled as king for one year before supposedly dying of old age. But certain rumors spread, perhaps created after his, his, his name had come to disgrace, said that Viserys was poisoned by his own son who wanted to be king. So, Make of that we'll, what you will. we'll have to discuss that later on. So, Aegon ascended to the throne after his father and was named Aegon IV. Mm-hmm. Aegon would spend the entirety of his reign going from paramour to paramour, each time filling the world with bastards that he would recognize and give many lands and favors. The lords soon understood the king's preferences and would routinely offer up their daughters to Aegon. <laughs> In one particular incident, Aegon would give Lord Butterwell a dragon's egg after Lord Butterwell had left the king sleep with all three of his daughters. I'm not sure if all at once, but I would not put it past the scoundrel. Yeah. Not all of it was harmless philandering, as some of the women would be executed by the king in jealous fury. Oops. The king did have his preferences in highborn ladies, but that did not mean he did not routinely enjoy prostitutes. Later, the king would, would list nine particular women that he had the deepest affection for. Noticeably absent from this list was his wife. <laughs> Aegon's relationship with his wife, Nerys, was utterly abysmal. Backtracking a bit to the reign of Baelor the Blessed, the first time Nerys gave birth was a horrendous experience. Her maesters advised Nerys to never have a child again. Hmm. Nerys, having given birth to a boy whom they named Darren, begged Aegon to let their marriage effectively be over as she had given him his heir. She asked that they live from now on as brother and sister. He responded, That's what we are doing. He continued to sleep with Nerys, hoping to have more children. She would give birth to twins, only one of whom would survive, that was named Daenerys. Not that Daenerys, though, Evan. <laughs> According to one source, Baylor the Blessed forced Aegon to leave right after Darren was born to spare either Darren or twins that later died in infancy to spare Nerys and allow her to heal from the from the ordeal. Jesus. I should also mention that, that Baylor the Blessed fasted for a great period of time after Nerys's twins died in infancy to pray for their souls. Yes, he was a very nice man occasionally. Even though Aegon had Darren as his son and heir, he greatly preferred his bastard son, Daemon Waters. Okay. Daemon was the son of Princess Dana the Defiant, and both during and born during the reign of Baelor the Blessed. Daemon, along with many of the other bastards of King Aegon IV, would be raised in the Red Keep and be trained in arms by the Master of Arms, Sir Quentin Ball, known as Fireball. Ha! At age... At age 12, younger than even Magor the Cruel, Daemon Waters was knighted by his father. He was even younger... He was one of the youngest men ever to be knighted. As a reward for his knighthood, Aegon the Unworthy bequeathed Aegon the Conqueror's Valyrian sword, Blackfire. This would be one of several acts by Aegon that doomed the realm to a century of civil war. 
One later king told his son that Aegon the Unworthy gave Blackfire to Daemon because he was a born warrior unlike Darren. The metaphor was that you do not give your best horse to a man who cannot ride. Makes sense. Whatever Aegon's intent, he bequeathed the ancestral Targaryen sword that had been held by every Targaryen's king. King from Aegon the Conqueror to to Daemon, rather than his legitimate son, Darren. Mm. That would lead to many questions. Yeah. In further demonstration of Aegon's dislike, if not if not outright hate of his legitimate son, he would wonder aloud if Darren truly was his son. Neros was much closer to, to their other brother, Aemon the Dragon Knight. At one point in a tournament where Aegon wanted one of his mistresses to be named the Queen of Love, Aemon dressed as a mystery knight to defy his brother's order that Aemon could not compete. Aemon won the tournament and gave the crown of love to Neros. Aemon and Neros' close relationship did make some wonder if Darren was the king's son. But considering that Neris was a pious woman and Aemon was an honorable knight, these rumors are dismissed by historians. All right. Not, un- not unjustified. What? I said not unjustified. Yeah, not unjustified. Not completely crazy, but, well, we'll, we'll talk about it more. Because, mm-hmm. believe me, this is going to come up much more, Evan. The first man to speak openly of these rumors was tried by combat by Aemon, the Dragon Knight, who slayed the man. The rumor, though, was that Aegon himself had commanded the knight to spread the rumor. Fair enough. Aegon, and the reason supposedly why he did this, and why there's many debate as to why did A- if Aegon had such low opinion of Darren. Mm-hmm. Why do you not just outright disinherit Darren? And the the offers for why are between that maybe he had one shred of honor. Okay. And that he did not want to disinherit his son. Mm-hmm. But the other excuse was that his son Darren was was married was was very popular. Uh-huh. And he and he had support in Dorne because he married a Dornish woman. Oh, God. Dorne is just a, like a cancer. Yes, yes. Well, it's going to come up because... So, Aegon, coincidentally... Of course. ...wanted to start a war with Dorne. Oh, goody. Here we his go. one voice of opposition to this was his son, oh, Prince yeah. Darren, who was married to a Dornish princess, Maria Martell. It was at this point that Aegon again spread the rumors of Darren's illegitimacy. Perhaps for the first time. Aegon tried to prepare for an invasion of Dorne. One of the he created a fleet and hoped to imitate his cousin Darren the First's invasion. He also had this crazy idea. And I mean crazy. Of constructing wooden dragons that would spit wildfire. Uh, uh, However, the dragons did not work at all. Yeah, big surprise. And they burned. Like I said, big surprise. Meanwhile, the fleet that was about to attack Dorne got destroyed by a storm while, while, while sailing. I'd like to point out that that happens a lot in history. In it fact, does. It's actually somewhat comical. Yeah. So, the invasion of, of Dorne was prematurely cancelled. It's almost as if the gods themselves wanted to say no. Yeah. No. To partially detail the, the philandering of King Aegon IV, oh. we need to detail the story of the rivalry between the Brackens and the Blackwoods. Okay. The two families in the Riverlands had been constantly at strife with one another well before Aegon's conquest. Always eager to pose one another, one family immediately sided with the Blacks when one sided with the Greens in the Dance of the Dragons. 
Their conflict arguably would come to define the next century of history of Westeros when Aegon the Unworthy took a fancy to Lady, Lady Barba Bracken. He bequeathed favors and lands to the Brackens, who prospered during Barbara Bracken's time as his mistress. Most importantly, this couple would produce the bastard Aegor Rivers, who would come to be known as Bittersteel. Interesting. Soon the wandering eye of the lustful Aegon IV went to Bracken's eternal rivals, the Blackwoods, where he would become infatuated with Lady Melissa Missy Blackwood. She was very compassionate and so friendly that even Queen Neris liked her. As okay. Missy was Aegon's new paramour, the Blackwoods now received favors and lands. <laughs> the Brackens hoped to regain their standing by grooming Barbara Bracken's sister, Bethany, to be Aegon's newest mistress. Aye. I should also note that one of the bastards that Missy Blackwood gave birth to was an albino boy named Brendan Rivers, but nicknamed Blood Raven for a birthmark that some thought resembled a raven. Interesting. That boy might become important later on. Uh, dear me. Bethany Bracken was eventually presented to King Aegon IV, who immediately took a liking to her, but Bethany found the king too old and fat to her liking. <laughs> she eventually was found in bed with a knight of the king's guard, Sir Torrance Toyne, by the king himself. Infuriated, he had Sir Torrance torn piece by piece in front of his beloved Bethany Bracken. Lady Bethany and Lord Bracken were then executed by King Aegon. Jesus. Aemon the Dragon Knight died protecting his brother when two of Sir Torrance's brothers came for revenge. Aemon was not greatly honored by his brother, and similarly, Aegon seemingly was unmoved when his wife Neris died in childbirth to stillborn twins. Wow. With Aemon and Neris dead, Aegon would routinely hint of, of Darren's bastard rumors. At his death, Aegon the Unworthy's final act as king in his will was published. Aegon ordered that all the bastards he had recognized the sons and daughters of high ladies, as well as some sons and daughters of prostitutes, by the way. <laughs> but the ones that were, were the sons and daughters of high ladies, whom were dubbed the Great Bastards, were legitimized by Aegon. Okay. They were no longer to be regarded as bastards and be granted lands and titles. Okay. With this one final act, Aegon doomed the lives of thousands of Westerosi, as uh, half the realm would wonder if they had chosen wrongly about who was Aegon's successor. Oh, no. And that is the story of Aegon the Unworthy. Good story. Yep. He's a, he's a very colorful character. Yes. Not at all a good man, but colorful. Yes. In terms of inspiration, it should come as no surprise, but he definitely seems a little bit inspired by King Henry VIII. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, like a very notoriously like a licentious king who had six wives. And he also, though, is compared to a figure from the from the real-life inspiration for A Song of Ice and Fire, mm -hmm. which is uh, John of Gaunt, who um, inadvertently helped cause the War of the Roses by having his bastard children legitimized by the King Richard II. Big mistake. In that case, though, it was a bit more complicated, as uh, John of Gaunt was basically living with this woman and declared his wife, that he, he considered his wife and regarded okay. as his wife. Well, I guess the church they, didn't recognize him, that marriage, for quite a while. Yeah. Until the king had him them recognize that. That's insane. But that, well, and the thing to realize is that in those days, look, marriage was business. It was. And if you wanted, if you wanted to love someone, you got a mistress. It was... Sadly, it's, yes. It's, well, at least for men. Women, I don't know what. Yes, women were not allowed to. Sadly. Yes. So, now let's get to the ranking part of Ranking Thrones. Mm -hmm. 
So, in the category of the king, so uh, what can I possibly say? Okay. okay, here's what I was able to come up with, and it was pretty hard. For some of these characters, it's going to be pretty hard to say anything positive for. Yeah. So, although he did not wish it, the realm was at peace throughout his reign. Right. So, that's one thing I can say. Yeah. Many lords and commons curried his favor with their daughters, which he would shower gifts on them. Uh, I mean, Is that even a good thing, though? I'm, I'm not even sure. I mean, you've heard the term play favorites, right? But yeah. That's about all I can say. The last thing I can think of is is that many people once, to the common people, Aegon the Unworthy was nothing more than really mostly, during his reign at least. Yeah. Just this kind of like roguish king. Yeah, I mean, like he, he he was mostly like kind of like a a person you kind of didn't really like, but he w didn't really harm people for that much. You didn't really didn't really. I mean, you're right about one thing: there were no rebellions during his reign. So, but he's not really doing anything. By the way, kingly. How long did he reign? Oh, um, he reigned for 12 years. That's not bad. So, 12 points for that. Yeah. But out of 10, what can we give him? I... That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him a 4 out of 10. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. I Like, I, I definitely nothing... Like a like five ish or anything above that, no way. But like, I think he's like at that kind of Anies or Aegon the Second level, where just like it's like nothing really. Nothing happened during the reign, so. Well, tons of things are happening. It just the consequences aren't right. The consequences are, are severe, and I think here's here's why I'm rating him so low, is that, I mean, there's. The, the people, uh, the nobles are kind of like, okay, this guy's going to be out of control. We don't know what's going to happen next. So this could either go one of two ways. This is either going to either going to phase out out for years, or this is really going to. Yeah, the nobles hated him. The yeah, nobles yeah. despised him. Rightfully so. Yes, rightfully so. Um. I think I'm going to go lower than you, though, like, because I'm more critical of that, because, like, I mean, like, it wasn't harmful. Like, we'll get into that in Madness and Misrule. But yeah. even, like, just, like, just but, but being a ruler, he was, he was more interested in, in himself. He was a hedonist. He was a hedonist. He was kind of a, actually, you know who he, he was really kind of like? Who? And I, I know he gets a lot of crap. He's a little bit like Commodus. The Emperor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Per se... Per se, from an per se, of like of just like of of, of I, I know what you're saying, like of like a, of a party boy. Right, this guy's the party king. Yeah. And, and well, Commodus ruled for 14 years, and while it may have been the start of the fall of the Roman Empire, it was still kind of a good time. Yeah, it was just the breeding ground of corruption. Exactly, it was the beginning of the, it was the beginning of the the problem. Yeah. <sighs> You kind of talked me a tiny bit up. I was thinking of I would go two, but I'll go three. Three. That's like I said. It could have been worse. He, if, if he was a hedonist and a real and a and a, and a jerk, which he, he he kind of was, but he wasn't like enough of a jerk. Except yeah. for we'll talk about in madness and misrule. Right. But but like just as a king in the king category, I'm gonna go three. Are you still gonna go four? I'm gonna go four. Okay, so seven. Okay. So not the lowest. I'm actually a little bit surprised. Yes. I'm a bit surprised because he he managed to 
we'll get into in Madness and Misrule. Like, there's a great quote. I'm gonna find, pull my copy right now. I'm, I'm right next to it of uh, the world in ice and fire to get the exact quote in. Right. But okay, so but we'll get to the fun of of, of really judging him in a little bit. Yes. So, but the next category is the warrior. So, here are my notes. Okay. He was, in his youth, described as a decent knight. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, he enjoyed jousting. Mm-hmm. And, it, and he wasn't... And he was skilled, but he was also a, even then known as a braggart. And so... I mean... So, but the other notes. Right. He fought with his cousin, King Darren I. He is not reported to be either a great or a ter- nor a terrible warrior. Right. He was very warlike, and for this reason, greatly preferred his bastard son, Damon, right. who was a warrior to his legitimate son, Darren, who, was, who more preferred books. So, I think I, I, I'm comparing him to the second Aegon for, for this category of, like, he did fight. He did fight, he just didn't, wasn't really extraordinary. Not at all. But, uh, I mean... And he survived. You gotta give him point for, points for that. He did survive. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll give him a six. I'm gonna... You're being much nicer than I will be. I'm going to give him a four. You're going to give him a four? Yeah. Because, like, he, he didn't really, like... At least, like, a six is, like, kind of what we gave to... Uh, like, I, I don't know if we gave a six to anyone, but, like... That's kind of, like... I don't know. Like, he wasn't really, like... He was a terrible, terrible commander. You know what? I think, yeah, actually, you talked me into it. I'll give him, I'll give him, I'll give him a, a four. Yeah, like he, he was. Yeah, okay. right, I forgot about how bad of a commander he was. Yeah, it's like the commander part is like when it's really obvious. Like, ooh. ooh. Right, because I will, I will always fault a, a general. Yeah, yeah. When the generals screw up, then you know something's wrong. And like that whole war with Dorn to begin with. I mean, Dorn is so stupid. I mean, I guess that's gonna go go nicely segue into our next category. But yeah, but just like as a commander, like he didn't really plan a good war out. No. And like it was disastrous and embarrassing blunder. Yeah. I mean, just like thankfully no one arrived in Dorne. But thankfully no- nothing happened. Yeah. Like, and that's like pretty sad when like you're you're thankful that that like that like. It failed on impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of like if you if you want a, a somewhat of a historical comparison, you can kind of compare it to uh, Caligula trying to invade Britain, and they didn't even get out of France. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The soldiers literally were like, "No, we're not going. Like, we're not going. This is dangerous. Like this is really dangerous. We're not going." Okay. So yeah, okay. But the madness and misrule is going to be pretty damn high. It's going to be fun. Okay. This is what I've been looking forward to really the most about this episode. Along with just talking in general about this man, because he has such a huge impact. And I think you can already tell by some of my hints about what, what lay in the future. Yeah. Because you can already kind of tell just by that final act of legitimizing. That was a colossal mistake. That's like going to lead to super trouble. So, but first... Um, give you a, a, a quote from the from let me see if I can find the exact quote but uh, before I'll, I'll read this so okay so our next category madness and misrule mm-hmm. so there is a lot in here <laughs> first there there are persistent rumors, which may be just people decrying Aegon IV when he became king. Right. Is that Aegon poisoned his own father. I don't know if he would do that. 
I, I, you know what? I don't. I hesitate to use the phrase "he's not smart enough to do it." I don't think he cares enough to do it. I think he does care enough, but like, I don't know if like that crime is in him. But like, I was like, I wouldn't be shocked. The, well, the fact that, but the fact that he didn't even kill his own son to kill your own father. I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I, uh, I I can see him being that petty and being like, I want to be king. Right. I can totally see him doing that. I like, especially was that, and I was like, whoa, now I'm this close? Like, yes, I'm going for it. Hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I can also be surprised, because like, I, 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 I do agree with you. He's like, he's also kind of a bit almost too dumb. He, he he is not a political intrigue master. He really isn't. No, he's not. Okay, I found the quote, but uh, but we'll get to it in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, also, just a little tidbit. Ooh. There is a story that when he was only a baby, yeah. he tried to kill Amon. Aw. He tried to smother him with his dragon egg. Huh. And his mother had to stop him. Wow. Well, that, granted, that was a bit of a story, but, like, uh-oh. Yeah, there's some signs there. He sexually abused his wife, Neris. Shocker there. Aegon tortured his mistress's lover in front of her eyes before executing her and her father. Okay, yeah. The number of... Okay, and here's this quote that from The World of Ice and Fire. Mm-hmm. In universe, it comes from Maester Kaith, the author of The Life of, of Four Kings. Okay. Aenys was weak, and Magor was cruel, and Aegon II was grasping. But no king before or after would practice so much willful misrule. <laughs> willful misrule. Yeah. And I cannot really honestly agree with that because Magor kind of believed what he was doing. Magor, Magor say what you will, the end justified the means in his eyes. In his eyes. that Like he was wrong, but... Well, yeah, let's, not be, let's be fair. He was a complete and utter psychopath. But yeah, he he kind of at least believed in what he was doing. Right. Like like Aegon Aegon the Unworthy, I'm I, I think we can both agree it's like, yeah, like he knew what he was doing was wrong. Right. But he, he just, just loved what he was doing. Yeah, he just didn't care. <sighs> Which is like worse. I know. So, but here's what I'm I'm gonna say, having said that quote mm-hmm. with this. The number of people who died in Aegon the Fourth's reign is nowhere near as many people that died under Magor the Cruel. Yeah. But well, Aegon the Unworthy's legitimization of his bastards would plunge the realm into a near century of bloody civil wars that divided yeah. and tore apart the realm. The Blackfire rebellions would plague four, arguably five, of the next kings. Yeah, that's a that's bad. Like that's a tiny bit of a a foreshad- too much hint. Mm-hmm. To, but like I, I told you, like with like with the King uh, Viserys, the first episode of the Dance of the Dragons, mm-hmm. just alluding to it, and like that's all I'll say right now. We'll get into what exactly happens next. Right. But like just by that, you could already tell by that legitimization that like ooh, and like my final hint. And this is me kind of explaining. Right. A little bit just to, like, help you understand. But, like, this is, like, what was so terrible. Is that these rebellions, they went on for quite a while. This is a, this is a crisis of the third century Westeros edition. Almost. It's just, like, where it's, like, there's suddenly an option for who's in charge. Which is always dangerous. Which is, like, 
we we had it with the Dance of the Dragons, and now this is like just going to be a recurring thing where it's just like it's like, wait, this person really should be in charge. Uh huh. It's like, why are we supporting this guy? And that's just like, no. I mean, that's part of why hereditary monarchy is is such a flawed system. Yes. But like, that's just like, uh oh. Aegon's, Aegon's actions consistently undermined his son Darren's claim to the throne by consistently and openly wondering whether or not Darren was his son. So that just like, just like makes it was like, if he's openly doubting it, that's going to make the people openly doubt it. Yes. Furthermore, Aegon consistently celebrated and adored his illegitimate son, Daemon. Yeah. Aegon's decision to give Damon to give Damon Aegon the Conqueror sword Blackfire just fed speculation that Aegon truly intended Damon to be his successor. Which I mean makes sense. Damon's legitimization, yes, yes, Evan, we're gonna talk about that all a lot next episode. Oh dear me. So Damon's legitimization by Aegon, along with Aegon spreading Darren's bastard rumors helped to foster the ironic claim that Darren was a bastard usurper with hundreds coming to support Aegon's bastard son, Damon Blackfire. Ah. Oh, I forgot, neglected to mention, but we're going to talk about it in next episode also. But when, da- when Damon was bequeathed the sword Blackfire, yeah. he renamed himself from Damon Waters to Damon Blackfire. Yep. The name of the Targaryen's ancestral sword. The sword of the king. Yep. He gave the sword that had been used by, that had been held by every Targaryen king to his bastard son. Mm hmm. And that was really, really crucial to the Blackfire rebels. Yeah. You just gave. A faction, a rallying symbol. Yeah. Aegon the Unworthy is right there with Magor the Cruel to both the people and historians of Westeros as one of the worst kings of all time. Yeah. Some people even dare to say that Magor was marginally better as at least he completed the Red Keep. Right. So, with all of that in mind, Evan... Uh, what do we think? <laughs> I'm going to give him a 9. A 9 out of 10. I want to go 10. Because because it's like... Most of his antics... Yeah. Of like... Starting a, a pointless war with Dorne. Yeah. When your son had kind of like... Was helping smooth things with Dorne mm-hmm. by marrying a princess, which Baylor arranged. Like, you just want to start a war, basically, to help get rid of your son. Yeah, great. It's like... A lot jerk. It's like... And, like, legitimizing his son, along with what he did with before with Damon. Mm-hmm. Just, like, legitimizing those bastards. is just like... It's just like 100%, you know, like, no, you cannot do that. That is gonna, like, even more, like, set up problems. I'm just like, and he knew that would set up problems. And just like, that's, that's like... Who cares? Like, you idiot, you just screwed us up for the next two, three hundred years of... Yeah. And just, like, just causes more trouble. And he just, and that's willful, like, like, it wasn't like this, I love my bastard so much. It's like, nope. Like, to screw you guys up. It's like, have fun with this, Darren. Bye bye. Yep. It's like, so I'm gonna go. Like, you know made a mistake, know? honestly, with hindsight. With, with uh, I will say, like, we screwed up with Magor the Cruel. Yeah. Although I, I, I will somewhat maintain, like, we were just a little bit forgiving because he wasn't mad, mad in a way. Right. Like he wasn't. He wasn't insane. He was just an asshole. Yeah. But now looking back, I think he kind of was a 10. And I... I, 
The only reason, the only reason I give him that, Magor the Cruel. He was a psychopath, but he believed that what he was doing was right, and he did put down the rebellions. Yeah. Well, he did. At least he didn't start any wars. Well, he well. kind of did. But you know, like I'm tossing because, like, you are putting up a good point for like maybe he should be nine. Just because, like, it, it, it's. But I don't know. It's just like it's like it's pretty much either a nine or a ten. Oh yeah, he's up there. It's just like it's like it's. You don't get called the unworthy for nothing. Yeah, yeah like he one hundred percent like is not at all worthy of being king. This guy, uh, and especially after like his father was such a good guy and he could have been a great king. Uh-huh. I was like, that's even more like salt in the wound. And that's one of the reasons why, like, after death, suddenly people, like, realized, eh, maybe Viserys was a good guy. Like, maybe this, maybe this was not as bad as we thought. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hmm. It's, it's tough. It's really It is. It is. Like... <sighs> I mean, the general consensus is he's bad. He is terrible. It's just like we're we're just debating how terrible he is. I know. How, how bad is that? How bad is that? Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'll crank up for nine point five. I'm there, like nine point five as well. Of just like, there's just something that like holds me just a teeny bit back from from ten. Even though I I really think he deserves ten. You want to know why he's not a, a 10? His, his war with Dorn failed. It failed so spectacularly that, I, yeah. It failed so terribly that I gotta get, at least that didn't. It's one of those things where it's like, the only reason you're doing well is because this didn't work. And this yeah. almost worked. Yeah. But gosh, that legitimization like that like like everything about his reign like before then was like bad that's like automatically like seven ish oh yeah i'm just like screwing around with lords and ladies and turning this into a corrupt place yeah but then it's just like but then suddenly the legitimization the legitimization was a colossal and spreading all these ridiculous rumors yeah that your son isn't legitimate and then legitimizing your your bastards it's just like an invitation for civil war. Oh yeah, you just gave, you just created ten factions with a rallying symbol. Yeah. Great, great job. And I wonder, I wonder if this willful misrule. I wonder if it was almost like one last middle finger to the realm because he didn't get get everything he wanted. What are you complaining about? I, I know, but I, I, that's the vibe I'm getting, is that this guy had just... He, he had to give one last middle finger to the world. You know what? Now you're talking me into it. I'm going to give a full 10. Because like, that, that's like, is so awful. It's just like, it's like, like, that's just like so like... That's not even like Mad King, where it's just like, it's like you're insane. It's just like you're just a jerk. Yeah, this is a, this is a disaster. So I, I'm going to go 10. Same. We'll go All right, we've talked ourselves up. All right, I'm great. Well, right. congratulations. You are the first perfect score for Misrule. Yeah. Madness and Misrule. Aegon the Unworthy. Super unworthy, as we decided. Oh, yes. Oh, boy, that was bad. So, next category, the lighter category, mm-hmm. portrait. I got okay. two for you. As I kind of alluded to, he... He gained quite a lot of weight. Oh. And he's our second fat king. I'm sending a, an image over to Evan. This is his official portrait on Westeros.org. Oh, dear God. Like a blonde Robert Baratheon. Yeah. Just... I don't know. Like, there's still, like, handsomeness to Robert. You can see that there was this man was once handsome. I guess you can, but like this man is like ugly and he looks evil actually. Again, he's he's Henry VIII. He looks yeah. like Henry VIII. Because Henry VIII was a very Henry VIII was supposedly quite the lady killer. 
Uh, when oh, yes. Got fat. So mm-hmm. make of that what you will. Out of five, what do you think? Oh. Out of five, I'm going to give him like a two. I'll give him a three because I am like terrified of him. Oh. Like I, like, I would obey him. Okay. So, so that's yeah. a five? Yeah. Okay. And uh, for fun, here's a great image from The World of Ice and Fire, mm-hmm. which is King Aegon the, Aegon the Unworthy knighting Damon Waters, soon to be Damon Blackfire. Oh, boy. Just a great ceremony. It's an amazing sword. It's an amazing moment. It is. A big mistake. Now, all the trouble that would cause. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get into it in a little bit, but there's a great character who just summed it up perfectly of of all the trouble that did. Mm -hmm. Actually, I can say it right now. Yeah. It's like a character, Sir Duncan the Tall, later said, just one... An old king gave gave a sword to 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 a bastard, and that caused thousands to die. Yep, that'll do it. Yep. So, uh, fun side note before we get to the final reckoning. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's cinematic? Yes. Yeah. It'd be, it, it'd... it'd be like a really dark, ribald tale mixed with it. Some like well, the amount uh, of it, the amount of adaptations that have been done on Henry VIII. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, totally. Yeah, th- this is like it's HBO. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I and meanwhile, like all the the same people around him, just like dealing with it. I, I wonder. You can imagine the the responses that the nobles are having at this guy. It, yeah. It, like what are it's like what are we gonna do with this guy? Well, like some people like Lord Butterwell, just like was like, well, yes, okay. Work with what you have. Yep, work with what you have, and just just make the most of it. And so, I'm just telling it up right now to get our total. Oh, oops, just clicked the wrong thing. Oops. All right, so. We gave him, he, uh, he was 12 years, he was the king, so he automatically gets 12 for that. So, rather surprisingly, he is not going to get the lowest uh, score. For, for the category of the king, well, he scored... For overall. Yeah. For, for... He won't have the lowest score because some people just, he just ruled long enough to not have, to have that problem. Well... Yeah, well, he's still screwed up bad. I mean, Jaharis and and got a huge point boost because of just the time as king. True, but so he got seven for the king, mm-hmm. eight for the warrior. Okay, twenty, the first perfect score, an ignominious honor for madness Emma's rule. Yep, he was just like, yep, terrible. Because you can already tell, like, it's like, Viserys, he made mistakes, but, like, they were, but he, he did, like, seem like, no, Rhaenyra's my heir, what are you talking about? And, and just, like, was, everyone was, after said, like, eh, we're ignoring that. Right, it was error out of pride, if you want to be brutal. Yeah. But that was, like, not, like, the trolling jerk assery of... Right. Of, of Aegon the Unworthy... And we gave him five. He 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 was ugly, but I say he was a bit ugly that you you, you fear. Yes. So that gives him a total of fifty-two. Okay. So he is a uh, kind of in the middle, in the middle for score. Like uh, he's not on the lowest scoring. Right. But scores aside. Yeah. Is he a dragon or is he a dud? Is he someone that would be remembered? Oh, he's a dragon. Or someone that would be just a footnote? 
he's a dragon. Yep, he is a dragon. I mean, like, it's he's completely one of these negative dragons, but, but dragon. he is a dragon. Oh. Wow, after that long streak of duds, we have three straight dragons of Baylor, Viserys, and Aegon, Aegon the Unworthy. So, and of course, the irony is, is that two out of, two of them are two of them were not great rulers. Yep. Well, but yeah. Well, as we said, like uh, this category for 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 dragon or dud, you you just have to be ultimately consequential and memorable. Right. And I mean, say what you will, he really was. He's probably. Would you say he's almost up there with with Aegon? Is probably one of like the top five most influential. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I would. I, I would say he he honestly has more of an impact than Magor. Oh yeah, by far. Because like this is this really is like this. Evan will be the most defining thing of the next century until we get to King Aerys finally destroying destroying the Targaryen dynasty. Jesus. It's like, this has such a tremendous impact. I mean, of course, the Dance with the Dragons, like, fundamentally changes the Targaryens' nature of their power. Right. By destroying the dragons. But this, right here, mm -hmm. the creation of a rival family for power. Big mistake is going to just have tremendous impact. And depending on what certain fans interpret what's going on now in A Song of Ice and Fire, right? it may still be going on. Yes. So we'll get to all of that, and uh, we'll get into the start of the next dreary, magnificent century and oh. two magnificent characters when you see us next week when we cover Darren the First, or Darren the Second, Hmm. What will we say of Darren the Second? Is he the hero or the villain that many people of Westeros think him to be? Find hmm. out next week. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in, guys. See you soon.